Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the K-Pop Nerd Podcast, sponsored by Music Mind. Casey, Ploy, and Manhattan join us today for a fun discussion about girl groups. Hi, everyone. Hey. So to kick things off, we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback on the podcast over the past week or so. One of the things that people have been really excited about has been the fact that we're starting to feel a little more comfortable with each other on air. <laughs> and people really appreciate Awkward. it when we... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so people have really appreciated when we um, kind of break away from the reporting side of things to just have a real conversation about K-pop. So uh, moving forward, I think that's the direction we'll try to take this podcast in. So we'll focus a little more on thematic and topical discussions, and we'll do our best to... You know, sprinkle some knowledge in there as well, uh, what little knowledge we do have. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the new direction for our podcast. It'll be exciting to see how we can pull this off. I think we'll, I think we'll be okay. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You say that now. We may, may end up just cutting everything and <laughs> not, not having a podcast. Um, <laughs> okay, so this week I think uh, we've all decided that the thing, the, the topic, the theme that we'd like to discuss is, well, it's girl groups. I know that we all have a couple of girl groups that we're very fond of. Once again, this is my podcast, so we're going to talk about Girls' Generation first. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding, but so <laughs> I don't You're actually, I don't know what, what I'm kidding about because we are actually going to talk about Girls' Generation first. <laughs> the next time I see you, you're going to have to dance, do the G dance for me. Here's so that the thing. I can I don't actually know how to do any of these dances. I just observe and enjoy. So, <laughs> not even you've never even attempted. Well, okay. If we take things back to when I was a wide-eyed college student, uh, I participated in our college's Korean Association Student Culture Show. At the time, I was already kind of in talks with JYP Entertainment, so we ended up doing a dance performance that merged like a Big Bang song with a Wonder Girls song. So I did learn the dance part to a Wonder Girls song. Uh, it was okay. <laughs> but only okay. Is that footage available anywhere online? That footage has been purged from the face of the earth. You can never truly delete anything I from the internet. Once it's out detonated it's a nuclear device from orbit and eradicated the existence of that clip. No, um, it's probably somewhere. Don't look for it. <laughs> Ploy's going to go find it. Uh, I'm I too mean, lazy, though. Like, I'll start, and it'll take me five minutes, and if I can't find it, I'm just going to be like, ah, never mind. It's definitely buried deeper than five minutes of internet search. I'll say that much. So. Yeah. Anyway, Girls' Generation... I can rest easy. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Girls' Generation. Uh, I feel like anyone who's listened to more than, like, 30 seconds of our podcast knows how I feel about Girls' Generation, so I'm going to let somebody else start. Girls' Generation. What can I say about Girls' Generation? <laughs> um, they're, like, they're the nation's girl group. Like, I don't, I mean, I know that their popular, um, popularity is, like, dwindling, but, like, I feel like they paved the road for girl groups, and I feel like you can't take that away from them, because I know there are other rising girl groups. People are like, now the nation's girl group, but like, I feel like you can't take that away from them. They've had so many hits like consistently, especially from G, Jeannie, who... I love them. <laughs> <laughs> That's really <laughs> sweet. 
And they've been active for nine, nine years now. They just had their anniversary um, on the 5th. Awesome. Wow, congratulations. Really? Yes, really. They had That's... a new song like um, through Station for Gifted to Fans. It was really nice. Sue Young wrote all the words for it. And it's basically just like about like how like we'll be together forever, and so you can cry while you listen to it. <laughs> See, that's super cute. I'm glad that they got to release a song for the fans like that on their anniversary. Even though it's not like a full comeback, it's still a nice little gift for everybody. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Nine years is a long time. That is a very long time, especially for a K-pop group. There are very few um, that have made it that long. At least yeah. there are very few that pop into my head. True. Nine years, though. I will say that does make a little bit of sense because that puts me very solidly in like the latter, the tail end of my teen years. Would explain <laughs> would explain why I was so drawn to them at that age. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> this makes a lot more sense now. That's that's great. I really should I should reach out to them and congratulate them. I feel like a terrible friend sometimes. Just put it that way. <laughs> like I knew that I knew that Steph was going to be in town for KCON. That's Tiffany uh, for our listeners. I kind of spaced because we were just preparing so much for KCON. So then, like, I think on the Saturday that it was happening, I just shot her like a stray text, like, "Oh, by the way, like." You're totally in town for KCON. We should say hello if you're free. <laughs> I felt a little bad. I hear they did a wonderful job at KCON. They did. They were really... I don't know. They just looked really like happy and cute. I love Tay so They're my favorite. So, <laughs> like, all my favorite <laughs> members in one subunit, it's, like, the greatest gift you could ever ask for. <laughs> and yeah, that's, so, a, that's, that's a powerful grouping right there. I will back you up on that. I love how Manhattan and I are just, like, geeking out. <laughs> <laughs> Ploy and Casey are just like, dude, what, what do I you I just say? think it's like, adorable. <laughs> I will keep listening to you guys. Uh, I, was, I was a really big fan of, like, their early work as well. I mean, I know it was, like, they're still really developing. If you compare some of their music from when they first debuted to some of the music that comes out now, I think it's easy to see that the music that comes out now is, like, perhaps more technically proficient, more polished, more exciting to, like, wider groups of fans. Some of their mm -hmm. early songs were just so adorable. Kissing You. Like they were, yeah, they were, ha <laughs> that was such a great song. It was just, it was just so cute. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was a wonderful song. The music video was uh, very, very cute. I loved it. I God, feel like I that's the dance you should do. <laughs> I, really, I, really was, I really was 18 when they debuted, huh? <laughs> That's that was the thing. You should do it with a lollipop and everything. It'd oh, be really man. cute. <laughs> I, do I it, really do it. it's it's really difficult to make promises on the internet because people will always find a way to hold Keep you to it. Keep bringing it back. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll see what we'll see what we can do. <laughs> K-pop nerd podcast, music mind. We'll see. Okay, I've made a mental note of this. We'll think about it. Oh, my make goodness. it happen. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if we're on the top of topic of girl groups' uh, longevity, who else has been uh, brown-eyed girls? Yes. Did you count twenty-one? No. 
That was cold. I'm <laughs> just being honest. Though, I mean, I mean, they had like probably you know one of the biggest whatever it was. They are, it yeah. Team? If we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about like large scale impact, I think it's very hard to discredit anything that Twenty One has done. Like just yeah. hands down, one of the most influential K-pop groups that's ever been around. Oh yeah, I won't knock that. That's definitely true. It's just but like it's just... like you said, their various career ambitions and what whatever has been going on. It it made for a group that wasn't gonna stay stay together for a very long time. Yeah, things uh, got kind of screwy a little bit. No fault of theirs, I don't think. I think that was a management issue. <laughs> a very uh, light management issue. A little bit. I don't right. think what their last comeback was in 2014. That oh gosh, has right. it been that long? Yeah. yeah. Two years. Yeah. I remember trying to write that article when, well, when the stuff with Minji went down. I was going through our own database uh, and I thought that our automatic updater had broken because I was like, no, there's no way that the last time 21 did something was two years ago. I kept pressing the refresh button. I was like, come on, come on, come on. Then I went on to Melon. I was like, oh, okay, it actually was two years ago. It wasn't, it wasn't our database's fault. That's crazy, though. Yeah. Like, to, like, let, like, one of, like, the biggest girl groups, like, not release anything for two years, I can't. Yeah, like, I don't understand the logic behind that. Me, yeah. like me either. And I know, like, um, CL has like her solo. That's never happening. I guess I don't know. It's been years too. So yeah, that's frustrating because I can understand a delay in group activities if she was pursuing the American market, like everybody said she was. But we got Dr Pepper, and then nothing. Well, Yo, to be fair, that song was sick. I no, you disagree. Also got, am I allowed to say this on air? You also got Hello Bitches, which is just... Oh, yeah. Okay. The song was also sick. I... I'm sorry. I'm very biased. Uh, Dr. Pepper is my favorite carbonated drink. So <laughs> I was going into that song. I was going into that song just With high so high. No, just honestly, I didn't even care what the song sounded like at first. I was just like, Dr. Pepper, yo. Like, I was so into it. Yeah, Listen to it. It's like... Yeah, it's uh, honestly okay. Fine, it's not the best. Like Casey, you can have this one. It's not the best, <laughs> but it's called Dr. Pepper. Like, of course, I'm gonna listen to that song. It's the best soda. I mean, if you name a song "Fried Chicken," I will support your song. One hundred percent. Okay, I'm, note to self. I'm in there. Yeah, Casey, if you ever want to debut, just debut with a song called "Fried Chicken." I will promote your song. All to right. The, end, the ends of the earth. I'll keep that in mind. Please look yeah. forward to it. I feel like people who've never, ever seen me in person are just going to picture this absolutely gigantic, like, <laughs> nerd. Because all, all I talk about is, like, K-pop, video games, Dr. Pepper, and fried chicken. So, yeah, I've painted quite, a, quite an attractive picture of myself online. <laughs> this is great. I can uh, um, your nerdiness. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, what I will say about what 21 has been doing, or more accurately, not doing, um, I do know that in the U.S. market there have been a lot of rumblings. People have been actively seeking collaboration with CL, actively pushing her 
to release music with various artists and various producers. The reality has been that the metrics for some of her early songs just haven't survived long enough for many of these labels to really say, okay, we're going to take the plunge, we're going to promote this artist who's still, like, you know, relatively foreign to the U.S. market, but we're still going to put all these dollars behind this artist. It, it just hasn't reached the point where enough labels were, not only labels, but enough management companies were willing to take that risk. So the stalling, again, is not 100% on her. It's not 100% on YG. Uh, it's partially dependent on the market. Um, it has been a bit of a shame because she's, she's so talented. Like, I don't think anyone's trying to argue that. But it's a shame when the fans kind of have to suffer as a result. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating because, like, I'm not a big 21 fan, but I do think CL is talented and I want her to do well in the U.S. And I think that she has the ability to do well in the U.S. But if there's nothing happening, it's kind of hard to, I guess, do, like, fan promotion kind of things. Be like, oh, check her out, blah, blah, blah. But, like, she, she even could have gone the route of, like, at first, when Nicki Minaj started out, she only did features, and that got her name out there. So I don't know. There could be CL could be the pit bull. Of... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like a compliment. Oh my god! <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> like on every Mrs. song. Mrs. Worldwide. <laughs> my well, okay. Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's. I'm not trying to insult her. I'm just saying, like, on every song, you know what I mean? Like, Pitbull's on every song. Yeah, yeah that's true. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to bat for Pitbull here because, honestly, people just take massive dumps on him all the time. But he is, like, the consummate professional, you know? He'll he'll sing on your track. He'll rap on your track. He'll do whatever on your track because it's, To like, get famous, like, literally, yeah. like, everything. He's it's, also it's, a Grammy winner. Did you know that? You know, he's he hustles. That's the hustle. Did you guys hear about that thing where um, I'm I'm pretty sure this was Pitbull. They had that like online contest sponsored by Verizon. Oh yes, and he got sent to Anchorage, like Alaska or something. Yeah, or, like... so I mean, they they set up an online poll, and Verizon, you know, despite being a telecommunications company, is actually a terrible tech company. So they set up an online poll, and it was very vulnerable to like injection and hacking and stuff like that. So what ended up happening was people from, I think it was either 4chan or Reddit, probably, probably. 4chan. Poor, probably 4chan. Um, yeah, so what they did was they were like, oh, wouldn't this be funny? Basically the contest was like wherever, whichever city got the most votes, Pitbull was going to fly there and hold a concert personally for oh those fans. Oh my god. And they were just like, wouldn't it be funny if a city in Alaska won? There aren't that many people there. No offense to Alaska, I have a couple of friends from Alaska, Carlos Boozer's from Alaska. Alaska's a cool place, but... <laughs> <laughs> if we're being serious, like, if we're ranking the music markets in the United States, I'm going to say Alaska probably falls within the bottom five. So anyway, Alaska ended up winning, as Manhattan said, Anchorage won. And Pitbull just took it on the chin. He was like, awesome, I'm going to Alaska. And he just went. <laughs> he just went and had an awesome concert in Anchorage. You know, he could have turned it down. Verizon could have, you know, bitten the bullet on that one. But Pitbull was like, no, Internet wants me to go to Alaska. I'm going to Alaska. And he did it. All right, that's pretty great. I never heard about that. Yeah, I have respect for the guy. I mean, musically, sure, I'm not going to listen to, like, a Pitbull song just for funsies, but I respect him. I respect him immensely. That being said, the image that you conjured with CLSD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't it, attack it was, me. No, I'm not. Don't attack me. I don't want to be attacked. 
See, I'll go to Alaska and have her first concert there. It was just a surprising comparison, that's all. <laughs> that is very funny. I think to round out the girl groups that were popular when I was younger, <laughs> that's a <laughs> old man moment there, um, I think the Wonder Girls were probably at the peak of their popularity when I was much more active on the music side of things. Yeah, because that was um, during Nobody era, wasn't it? That's right. They had just started promoting Nobody, which was huge. Gosh, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Kesa, aren't you a big Wonder Girls fan? Um, yes, I am. Um, it took a little while because I didn't really become a fan until 2009, but I am indeed a Wonder Girls fan. I love Jenny. She is my and, queen. And 2009 was Nobody. Yes, still. Okay. <laughs> they they yeah, did I, nobody for a while, but 2009 is when they really started coming over to the U.S. I remember this this part of it all very intimately because I was the number one errand boy for for their time in the United States. I'm sorry, it doesn't sound like a very good time. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, it was a good time because the girls are so sweet. Working with some of the managers was tricky, but they were also just so smart, so hardworking. And they really just wanted the best for the girls. So mm -hmm. obviously at the time, as a young, a much younger man, there were times when I felt like, wow, I, I'm really not sure if this is what I want to be doing. But looking back on it all, I saw, I see, I'm able to see a much broader picture where so many people are just working their asses off for the Wonder Girls to have a shot in the States, you know? And I, I think that looking back, I'm able to kind of appreciate more what was going on at the time. Yeah, it's hard to to gauge how things are doing like while it's happening. So I, I get that. The reason that I've always been so quick to promote and then in some cases quick to defend the girls is that I really was able to just see up close how hard they were working. People don't always understand how difficult it is to move from a country where you've spent all of your life to a totally new location, new language, new culture, going from being one of the most recognizable faces in entertainment in your country to having literally nobody know who you are and you come out on a show like Wendy Williams, people are still just like, what, what just, who was, why were these Asian girls on this show? And it's really tough, you know, and it's, I don't know, I, I was thoroughly impressed when I saw how they dealt with everything. And they were my age, like they were just as young as I was. Yeah, and Very that even. just makes it even more impressive because I'm thinking like when I was, um, because at the time, I was also 19, 20, like they were. And I was like, I would never be able to handle anything that they did at the time. I'd probably just, like, go into my room and cry constantly. <laughs> it would not have been pretty. Yeah, there were, there were definitely some tough moments for them as well. I think, again, looking back, I'm grateful that I was given the opportunity to kind of be there in those moments, whether it's just to, like, you know, kind of distract them from whatever else was going on. Like, eh, let's go get ice cream. Let's go get barbecue. And then I'd get yelled at later because apparently I'm not supposed to do that. But <laughs> I think they whatever. had a good time. Yeah, and I That's had a good time as well. It was, it was really sweet, though. You know, like, they threw themselves into, like, every activity that they were a part of. Always a very, like, tangible sense of improving themselves or trying to be the best at whatever they were doing. Very competitive girls. I don't know if... That really shows in their activities now, but they, they all have a very strong sense of competitiveness. It was very, very endearing. 
I feel like it does just through how they wanted to improve their instrument playing for the new band version of Wonder Girls. Since oh, that's they, right. they they wanted to make sure that they could play the songs on the recording for Why So Lonely because they couldn't last time on Reboot. And that definitely speaks to what you said before, like they've always been like that. Yeah. A mission for self-improvement that I find very impressive. You know, it is really cool. I think that over the years, especially during the time that I kind of stepped away from Korean music, they've been a little harder to keep in touch with, especially since some of the members have been splitting off, going off and doing their own things. Uh, Very recently, though, I ran into a friend who is a model and actress in the Korean entertainment industry, uh, and she had mentioned that she ran into Yubin at, I guess, a premiere event or something. They were just talking about, like, oh, like, hey, how's it going? Like, they got to, like, talking about, like, oh, do you know this person? Do you know that person? And I guess uh, my friend brought up my name, like, oh, do you know Ian? I feel like he was working at JYP around that time. Apparently, you've been just, like, little. She's like, oh, yeah, I totally know Ian. We're, like, such good friends. And I was like, um... <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't spoken in, like, six years, but yes. I feel yes. like that's a cue that you need to go talk to Yubin. I know. I felt I felt terrible when I heard that. I was like, oh, uh, um, wait, let me... Can I get her number really quick? I have to. I have to text her. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> um, how are you? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, they they never ever forget all the hard times that they had to kind of push through to get to where they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear, I'm not getting emotional. I just have a cough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's it's maybe it's like 2080. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think when when we've spoken about the Wonder Girls in the past on some of our podcasts, I've been, well, I I was just as effusive them as I am being now. I, it's it's really just so gratifying to see them like have come so far, especially as we said, since there are a lot of girl groups that have trouble standing the test of time. Well, even I <clears throat> I think with them as well, like you know, they were the quintessential like K-pop girl group, yet they completely reinvented themselves and, you know, went and learned all these instruments and really went full steam ahead with the whole being a band. And I remember when they were coming back and when it was first announced that they were coming back as a band, a lot of people, I wouldn't say they were disappointed, but they were unsure whether or not they're going to be able to pull it off just because everybody was so used to the image of the Wonder Girls as who they were, but, you know, they did so well, and that really shows that, you know, they're really dedicated to what it is that they're doing, and even just I feel like the, the, the doubts kind of flew out the window as soon as those teasers dropped for Reboot, where they'd have yeah. that playing their instruments. Those teasers were the best. They really were. But yeah, no, I was, I, and I guess I wasn't that well, like, I knew of some of their songs, and I probably might have stumbled on a few of their videos, and obviously, like, running in the circle that I'm in, like, everybody loved the Wonder Girls, but I was never really around when they were promoting, so it was really interesting to see how much, how well-beloved they are by everyone, so it's always really nice to see that, just because weren't they were on, what, a, was it three years hiatus? How many years was it that they were on hiatus? I don't remember. That sounds right. Yeah. So just because I remember, like, everybody, like a lot of people are just saying, like, oh, you know, like, we'll never get another Wonder Girls album or whatever. And then, like, out of nowhere, 
I think I remember like someone accidentally announced that they were having a comeback and JYP was like, oh, well, we wanted to surprise everyone, but I guess now that the cat's out of the bag, yeah, they're having a comeback. I remember everybody losing their minds. I love yeah. that strategy. I yeah. feel like we should take big media outlets and just kind of do that to labels and just be like, oh, hey, I heard you guys are having a comeback. And just keep, <laughs> you know, regardless of whether they have one in the works or not, just like <laughs> apply external pressure on them to work on the artists that we're interested in hearing from. It really That'd did take a long time for Wonder Girls to have a comeback. Because Wonder yeah. World came out, what, at the end of 2011? That's a fantastic album, by the way. If you haven't listened to it, you should totally listen to Wonder World. Sweet plug. Yep. I loved that al- I listened to that album so many times when it's I was off in school. It was a great album. It's the one um, with me in, right? Yes, and I was so sad that we didn't get like a full video for that song. I think you, everybody was sad. I still hear people. I remember when um, the teasers for Reboot came out and everyone was like, is JYP going to screw us over again and give us really good teasers for a song that doesn't exist like, and not give us a music video with the same concept? That was one of the other things that I read. Yeah, because they did have a teaser video for me in, and that was it. Right. JYP Entertainment used to do that a lot, just because I remember back when um, 1.59pm came out, there was a teaser for the song Tired of Waiting, and the teaser sounds way different than the song, and I'm among the people who are like mad that that version never got released. I remember that as well. To be fair, the final version of the song is pretty sick, too. I, I mean, it's okay, but I liked how it sounded in the teaser more. That's fair. I think at the time, a lot of us who were kind of on the writing and like production side, when we heard the cuts for that song, we were just like, damn, got to get back to writing. Like, this is so good. <laughs> like, so as we did mention earlier, one of our collective favorites, Girls' Generation, they did release that song on station, which I think we all really enjoyed, and we were very happy that they were able to do for the fans. It would be interesting at this time to take a look at some of these other girl groups that have been making some comebacks, because, you know, as much as we can reminisce about these, like, veritable titans of the girl group side of the industry, the nice thing about K-pop, well, the tricky thing about K-pop, really, is that there are always new up-and-coming groups, and there's always new material, so let's check out some of this material now. A former member of a... Well, how, how should I put this? A member of a former girl group? A former member of a girl group once upon a time? I think we all know where this is going. Hyuna released a song. <laughs> um, let, let's, talk, let's talk about Hyuna's song. I, I know that this is probably a pretty controversial one. Um, how's this is... I just don't... like. I, okay, so the song, like without watching the music video, is like not too bad to listen to, but... She started promoting, and the dance is just so, like, awful to watch. Like, she's doing these weird, like, vibrating motions, and, like, it's just awkward to watch, and I don't want to see it. And, <laughs> and, like, at least, like, the music videos, like, oh, like, I guess, like, a good representation of a club, or I don't know. And, <laughs> and to but, the music video's credit, it's probably the most accurate club scene I've seen in a music video, like, ever. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, like, the good part, right? I just wanted another bubble pop. Like, when will we get bubble pop again? I feel like they're not going to 
do I know. a concept like Bubble Pop again because they want her to have um, this particular look and sound. So no more Bubble Pop. I know I don't like it very much either. Like I liked the sound for Red. Like I was fine with the Red sound. I wish like if like we can go back if she could just stick to Red. Like I liked Red. I didn't really like um. I don't even know what her last comeback was called. I actually thought that this one was going to end up being more like Red just from how the teaser pictures looked. Because those so pictures funny. don't relate to how's this at all. It The teaser pictures were so pretty. She's like, by the, for people who haven't seen it, she's like in like a bathing suit. Like, it kind of look they all like look beachy and the sun's shining. She looks so pretty. And then like the music video is like in a club. <laughs> yeah, like the pictures are more like a, a classic kind of sexy, and then this is club kind of sexy. Right. Those are two very, very different visual concepts for people who are unfamiliar. It, I, I find it really interesting that I guess Korean popular media in general has, uh, I hesitate to use the word evolved, but for want of a better word, we'll just say that, to the point where this type of video is something that, you know, one of the big entertainment companies would actually push. I think the Korean public has gone from being generally quite conservative to buying into a lot of these cultural aspects, you know, that are that are becoming popular all around the world, whether it's in the United States or Europe. Um, this type of imagery is just like, it would not have flown in Korea maybe five, ten years ago. And not to say that, like, this type of behavior didn't occur in Korea. It just wasn't part of that, like... It wasn't promoted. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a part of, like, the cultural awareness of entertainment, right? This kind of stuff was going on in, has been going on in Korea since, like, the birth of alcohol, right? But, <laughs> yeah, actively promoting it as a part of the Korean entertainment scene, this is, you know, it, starting to break new ground, I would say. Um... I'm not entirely sure how I feel about it. Uh, I think it's interesting when artists get a chance to, I don't know, push the boundaries of what has been considered acceptable at one time or another. But like you guys are saying, it's Hyuna. You know, like there, there are a couple of... She has been on the edge of things for a while now. I, This particular video, I'm not really sure how I feel. I feel like she's always been good with, like, the sexy concept. Like, there are some, like, other groups, like, where, like, you can tell that, like, the sexy concept makes them really uncomfortable, but they do it anyway because the company wants them to. But Hyuna, she's always been very, like, natural, very comfortable. Like, she's okay with it. And so I feel like that makes, like, it will it definitely makes it more acceptable, but it also makes, like, the viewer more comfortable knowing that she's okay doing that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. There definitely have been cases of other concepts where, well, you know, the interesting thing is, like, I feel like I've seen girl groups kind of tackle a concept that, looked uncomfortable for them, but then later in interviews they'll say things like, oh, that was so fun, like, that's a concept that I've wanted to do for a while, and I'm just like, really? Okay. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> but yeah, I guess uh, this video itself just, yeah, I'm not really too sure how it how it lines up with everything else. There were other songs that were, like, better on her mini that should have been, like, the title. I'm amazed they went with, like, this song. For anyone who wants to listen, You and Me is the best song on this album. So I've heard a couple of people say that, so I should probably check it out. Yeah, I actually haven't heard that song yet either, so I know what I'm doing after our podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! 
The answer is lunch. I'm getting lunch. <laughs> that music video was rated 15 and up, right? Yeah, I, I, I didn't get a warning. Wait, yeah, wait I was it really? Yes. Yeah, I didn't get a warning like to say like agree or anything. It's, it's weird though because I I know that like a couple years ago, maybe like three or four, um, you couldn't have any kind of alcohol shown in your video because you'll get like banned from broadcasting stations and exactly yeah I mean there's like a 19 plus restriction on that for, well there was I well there probably still is question mark I don't know but her music video was rated 15 and up and I'm like that it wouldn't have flown a few years ago because you have people actively consuming alcohol in the video exactly times have changed and in highly irresponsible ways I will add it's not like they're just like sipping from bottles and stuff they're literally just like spraying just and alcohol pouring. everywhere yeah, so I guess it's like we said. Korean culture, for better or worse, is on the move. And then, of course, you have, you know, this type of really, like, hype club, nightlife-based music video. And then you can turn and look at, you know, another group that we're going to cover right now because I said so. <laughs> oh My Girl's music video is just, like, the cutest thing ever. What is this? Like, it's so it's so cutesy. Yeah, their debut song was really cutesy, too. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, <laughs> they're just a very cute group. I feel like that's just their thing. I really, I think the song is okay. I really want Skull and Haha removed from this song completely. <laughs> I will there, second that motion. <laughs> there needs to be like a version that's released without them because I will not buy this without them off of this. I do <laughs> understand why they're there though. Aying is actually a remake of a song. The The Korean names are the same. It's Listen to Me. And it was by the group Papaya in 2000. And they had, I don't know what to call them, like rapper, reggae type intro. So they were like, hmm, who could we get to do that? I know, Skull and Haha. That's why they, they used them. Yeah, I kind of wish they weren't there too. <laughs> Damn. Also, Roasted. they've had like a billion compacts this year. Um, <laughs> so they already had Liar Liar, and then they had Windy Day, and then they have this one now, and this has been within, like, the past six months, I swear, they've just been promoting. Like, Do I, these girls sleep? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, how are they not dead yet? Like, I would die, that's so, and, like, I feel like you can't, can you shove another comeback this year? Like, I feel like they would just die, like, wither away. Yeah, it's pretty interesting, right? Because as far as fans are concerned, to a certain extent, having more content is always, like, exciting, right? It's like, oh, there's more content. Like, I love this. But the thing that I think K-pop fans are wonderful about is their, like, genuine concern for their artists. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think in the States, a lot of times when you have a really big musical act or entertainer, the focus is primarily on consumption. It's like, how much can I consume from this artist or from this entertainer? There isn't as much concern about how is this person doing? What is their daily life like? Like, are they okay? But I see that happen everywhere and all the time in K-pop. A quick example, I know this is going a little off topic, but I know that fans at KCON were very excited to see BTS perform. BTS is, you know, one of those groups that's just outrageously popular all around the world. But one of the most touching things that I saw was uh, a bunch of fans who were talking amongst themselves and they were saying, it would be really great if BTS got their own concert, but we don't want it to happen until, like, later next year. 
because they've been working so hard and I don't think that it would be fair to them to ask them to perform again in the United States this year. And I was just like listening to that. I was like, my God, that is so sweet. Like, that's incredible. Like, if, if I have a... I, I will freely admit that if there's like an artist that I like and I want to listen to, I'm just like, yo, they better perform in my city like tomorrow. Like, <laughs> I just want to go and like listen to them perform. And I, you know, I, I'm not, I don't consider myself to be an inconsiderate person, but honestly, when I heard that, I was just like, that's incredible. So, yeah, when you take a group like Oh My Girl, who have been so active, it just gets to a point where, yeah, it's, it's lovely to have more content, but God, like the concern for these girls is, you know, it's, it's mounting quite rapidly. Also, I don't like the song, so like, I feel like it's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree and like I I mentioned before that this is a, a remake and usually I'm okay with um, people remaking songs it's whatever it happens however to have a comeback with a remade song that they didn't really change is kind of lazy to me it's just a straight up cover you could have just made a YouTube cover yeah I would have preferred them to like if they were going to have a comeback anyway to have something more unique because they didn't change anything in the song. It sounds like it was from the late 90s, early 2000s. It sounds very dated to me. I don't get why it wasn't just like a digital release. Like they made like an actual like album with it too. That's what I don't get. Well, I mean, because they're still a new group, their company is probably like, oh, we need to keep them out there constantly and constantly promoting just so more people gain interest. So I get that aspect of it. But you have to make sure the song's like good to gain interest. That's true, but if they're always out there, there are always going to be people who will take notice. I think this comes back to an interesting concept in business in general, not just limited to K-pop. Actually, this is a conversation I had last night with a good friend of mine who's a manager at Major League Baseball and another friend who is the founder and managing director at NoHo Holdings. We were all just kind of catching up and talking about business, talking about how people make business decisions. And the interesting thing that we all kind of agreed on is that people are subject to making decisions based on gut feeling a lot more often than they should be. And it's something that, you know, you grow into. As you as you continue to grow as an entrepreneur or a businessman, you start to, like, make some good decisions. Most of those good decisions are backed by research and data. You have a good reason to make that decision and believe that it will go well. But what we've noticed in a lot of industries that we work in is that that can be dangerous. After you make a couple of good decisions based on all this hard work and research, you can start to think that the deciding factor in those good decisions is yourself rather than all the data and all the research that's available. You can start to make decisions based on your gut instinct, based on what you think probably should happen. And it's at that point where some of your business decisions start to point your growth trajectory in the wrong direction. So with a lot of Korean entertainment companies, to bring it back to K-pop, what I have seen working with some of these labels is that there are a lot of people in higher-up positions who make decisions purely based on gut feeling. 
I can talk to them all I want about data and metrics and like all this nerdy shit that I'm supposed to be good at. And they ch- honestly, they just ignore it. They're just like, no, of course we need an album. What are you talking about? Uh, well, okay, like here is like the breakdown of like who's gonna spend money on this album. Here's what they've already spent money on this quarter. Like here's exactly why you should probably release this as a digital single, given the reach and the engagement levels you've been getting online. And they're just like, they'll think about it. They'll nod. They'll be like album. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. That's, you know what, that's that's your right as a as a person in your position. But yeah, honestly, like, I think you bring up a great point that oftentimes these decisions that are made, they don't make a whole lot of sense to people on the outside because honestly, they're decisions made out of an idea of what should happen, an idea of that just gut instinct of, I feel like this is the way we should vote. But K-pop in particular is in serious need of an injection of proper data analytics, proper market research. The companies that do well with those things, it's no coincidence that they continue to stay at the top of their game. We'll just put it that way. I will back that up. That's like one of the things I've actually had many conversations with people at work with some of the stuff that we do. And I get really, I mean, I come come from a, a marketing research background in a lot of what I did in school and outside, like right outside of school. And I always feel like people never seem to never have time to do market research. And it's just like, and I've been talking to a few people in like the VC scene. And I asked them, I was like, what's the one thing that you feel, you know, you're always tasked to do whenever you're talking to these VCs and they're always saying market research, like always. And like, I know for a fact that I get really, really upset with people when I start talking with them and I'm always, why don't we do some market research? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive or time consuming, but it's so important to do market research because when you're in an industry for so long, you're kind of get accustomed to the way that things work, the way that you see it, that even though the industry is growing, your viewpoint of how things work don't necessarily grow with it. So a lot of times I see people who've been in the industry for 10, 20 years still thinking the same way that they were thinking of when they first started out, even though the industry has already changed. Yeah, sorry, that's just a little rant. I always get mad at people when they tell me that they don't have time or money. Well, money doesn't, it's a different thing, but whenever they say that they don't have time for market research. For me, you know, that's the one thing that I was always taught is to always constantly be doing research because things change all the time. So that is all the time we have for today. Uh, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the new format. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I've had a lot more fun. I feel like it's uh, it's easier to be, um, I guess, more free about the things that I speak about with this particular format. So... I've been enjoying it as well. I hope that our listeners have had a good time too. I think moving forward, we're going to try to stick to these thematic discussions and we'll still, you know, bring you as much information as possible without having it turn into just a news reporting segment. But yeah, in the meantime, Ploy, Casey, Manhattan, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thank you. No problem. Um, Yeah, to all our listeners, everyone take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.